Oh man, you really built that bad boy out. You ain't fucking around. Never. <laughs> Welcome to the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast, presented by Cinema Summit. A podcast about the art of making films, no matter how small the budget. And now, here are your hosts, Alex Dark and Trevor L. Nelson. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. This is episode 49 of the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast. I'm Alex Dark. And I am Trevor L. Nelson, and today we're going to be talking about marketing your film once it's complete. But first, what are we drinking, Alex? Did we just blow their minds and change it up? We did. Oh my god. I think. Uh, we have some vodka sodas. Vodka sodas. I don't know Tito's. if we blew their mind, but we did switch it up. A little Tito's and a little deliciousness. Um, so yeah, some vodka sodas. Uh, delicious. A little lime in there. Tito's, we're still waiting for our case of vodka. Yeah, Tito's. For our next round. If you give us a case of vodka every month. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll put your name in the front of every... That's all we'll drink on the podcast. <laughs> yes. I will guarantee you that's all we will drink. Um, Absolutely. I have no problem with that at all because it's delicious and so smooth. Um, but yeah, Tito's, uh, hit us up at... Uh, um, They're like, why would we ever do that? You keep talking about us <laughs> no, for free. For free. <laughs> Tito, let's be honest. A case of vodka for you is basically free. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you know, just send us an email at info at uh, Um or That's not a real email address. No, it isn't. I didn't want to give out a real one. Yeah, uh, for all our fans, all our lunatic fans. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. That's What's new, Trevor? What's new? So we, you know, we have been talking about projects we're doing. Um, they all come and go. We give updates. That means that we aren't really doing anything and everything sucks. And well, guess what? We have another update on our, on our package of movies that we're doing, our slate, and we yes. have a meeting. We, we have do. a meeting. We don't want to talk about who it's for or who it's with. No, because we don't want to jinx it. We don't want to jinx it and, you know, we don't want to put anything out there until it's signed, sealed, and delivered, but we have a meeting next Friday, this yeah. Friday, actually. Just a general meeting, so don't get too excited, people. Oh, crap. Are you talking to me, too? Yeah, you too. Damn it. Um, we're super excited. Um. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. I think it'll be good. Hey, you know what? The only thing, the biggest thing is, is that it's a meeting. We talk to them. They know who we are. You never know where it could lead. It may not lead to our slate being made or a movie being made, but it may lead to something else. You never know. That's true. So never say no to a general meeting. Get yourself out there. Say hi to people. All that fun stuff. Yeah. If nothing else, it's kind of just inspiring to be like, oh, yeah, we should just reach out to more people. Yeah, the worst they could say is no, or they could say yes, like these ones did. Yeah, um, you know, of course we we hit up the the, the Larry name, um, and that helped. We, we had some direct connections, which yep. was always helpful. Always helpful. It was a warm email, as opposed to a cold email, <laughs> as they say, as they say in the beers. Um, but yeah, so Let's um, see. Other than that, we have our sale still going on still of going equipment on. and. Um, it's going pretty well. Yeah, it's not too bad. Um, you know, we we're, we kind of hit a lull because it's been on uh, online for a while, and some people aren't finding it, so we're boosting it and all that stuff. But uh, it's also, I feel like it's partly like willed by yeah. me, by myself to slow it because it's so consuming. Oh, it can you be. Know? It can take up your life. So I haven't been super active at the moment, trying to like get people to come in and stuff yeah i mean we got we have some people who are interested in stuff that i think we need to definitely hit up um yeah. uh, the guy about the chapman 
Yeah. Uh, the lady over at Pocket Watch who might be looking for some info. Yeah. Um, so stuff like that. Um, uh, so we just we're not as active as we should be. We'll get there. We'll get back into it. We yeah. just have been busy getting this thing ready and getting ready for a meeting. So everything, you know, when you have a, a regular job, like a, a very frequent job, a constant gig, things go to the wayside. It, it's yeah, it's a whole juggling uh, extravaganza and trying to say, figure out what to do. Yeah, when I say constant gig, I say marriage. Um, so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, that is also what we're doing. We're still pushing our stuff. We got rid of some other stuff as well. Um, our friend Nooch, uh, who lives in my building, I met him through the dog park. He's an actor. He actually moved to New York and gave us a bunch of his uh, his furniture. Yeah, and, and then he came home and was like, back. I want that back. <laughs> and I was like, yes, take it. Please, please. Um, so, yes, uh, we uh, uh, we kind of gave it back to him willingly because it really opened up our office area of our studio. Um, and, and we gave him back his couch, which we weren't really using that much. That's um, really, did we buy those pillows? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I bought those pillows. So I'm going to keep them there and put them on our little seats here so we get our... Yeah. Took us comfortable. Our, our butts cushioned. Yep, exactly. So, um, yeah, so he brought, he, he took his stuff back, opened up the office. Now we have even more room. Um, so, yeah. Um, it's nice. It feels, I don't know, feels good. Feels, feels, uh, feels big. Feels bigger. Yeah, I feel, that, of- I feel that way about the studio, too. Yeah. Now that we've sold a bunch, it just kind of opens up. I mean, there's still so much left to sell, it seems, but like, you know, it's moving out. Yeah. And seeing, that, it, seeing and, it progress. And as we get more and more stuff gone, we'll reorganize our equipment cage um, and uh, with the hope that uh, we get some rocking new organization in here and things are just streamlined and we have even more room. Yep. Um, so that's the plan. Our, our cage is kind of empty right now because everything we want to sell is out and um, everything that we're keeping – is kind of out as scattered well, scattered about, scattered about, not organized except for our expensive stuff, which is in the cage. So, yeah, we're not gonna tell you our address because we have expensive stuff. And we don't want you coming, yeah. ripping yeah. us off. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, so shut up. Um, okay, so on to the main topic. Oh no, wait, there's one other thing. Alex, would you like to? Oh yes, yeah. Well, it's not really a thing. I guess it's a thing. It's new. It's new. Hey, um, take it. I had a meeting. Another yeah. meeting. Um, with oh, really? the VP of Aura Media, Larry, oh, in- Larry's company. Interesting. Uh huh. Okay. Where I pitched myself. Oh. As a um, well, sort of an acquisitions person for them because yeah. they're a digital company that goes out and sells content. Hmm. I was formerly an acquisitions person for international sales and distribution. Oh, you don't say. 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 So. It made sense to me, and they don't currently have an acquisitions person, so they're oh. just like selling what they already have. And I thought, well, why don't why don't you try to go out and, uh, you know, acquire so- new shows and content that's already finished, yeah, and act as sort of a sales person agent, yeah, um, and do that whole thing. Almost and, like you have experience in that. Yeah, exactly. Almost, not much, but so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, got um, a meeting with the CEO. You meeting with him, or is uh, the VP just meeting with him and talking with him? Um, well, it depends on what day the CEO ends up coming because I'm going out of town next week. Yeah, it's it's a tough one because the CEO is a uh, kind of uh, he he comes and goes, comes and goes as he pleases. You, you never really know. 
Yeah, he's an enigma. So, um, yes. So, uh, yes. So, we got the uh, we got that, and that, that's about it for what's new. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, I'm pretty stoked for this meeting. Um, I don't know if this meeting is going to hit by the time we record our next podcast. It won't. It won't actually. It won't because we're going to have to record one before you go out of town. Yeah. Um. So. Well, it wouldn't die anyway. Really. Hopefully. That's true. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, two podcasts from now, we'll be able to let you guys know how it went. Um, yeah. And if we never do a podcast again, that means we... That means uh, it went really well. Really went really well, and we have no desire to talk to you guys anymore. Um, <laughs> so, we can't um, make this podcast anymore because we now have budgets. Now we have budgets, and everything's so expensive. Yeah. Everything's so expensive to do because we have... Time is money, people! Yep. Time is money. Um. So... All right, let's talk about the subject at hand, which is film marketing. Marketing your film, as it were. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was worried. I was, I was slightly confused. Um, that being said, you finished your film. Now you want to get it out in the world. Um, and this is for those people who kind of did their film the no-budget way, which they didn't have distribution set up or they didn't have a sales agent or they didn't do pre-sales. Yeah. And now they just want to know how can they get as many people as they possibly can to watch their movie. Yes. And it's it's a it's a mad mad world out there these days uh, because there is so much competition. You're not only competing with films. Yes, you're competing with every piece of video content and content in general because you know there's just so much. It's like there is, uh, and also how, how, <laughs> ugh, Blah, all this stupid stuff out there. How do you compete with a bunch of kids dunking soccer balls into trash cans? <laughs> That's Alex's favorite analogy because he thinks that kids knocking uh, – it reminds me of the Simpsons uh, film school. Uh, no, film school. Uh, film, they had a film uh, contest. They had a film festival. Uh-huh. And Barney did this one that was beautiful and like beautifully shot. It's, you know, it's, it's like his life is an alcoholic and it ends with him laying on the curb like with a rose in his hand and he drops it to the side of his head and he says, don't cry for me. I'm already dead. And uh, Mr. Burns actually – wins the competition because he pays off everybody and uh homer yep. wants man getting hit in the groin with football and so that, <laughs> like that's the definition of right there man getting hit in the groin with football is the old school kids dunking uh dunking soccer balls soccer in the balls trash, balls cans. trash cans alex's it's, favorite subject it's true it's true you know it's it's just a, a testament to how little i know about the simpsons because i didn't know barney was a real character really yeah, I have no idea who that is. Barney, the one who always, like, dogs like this. He's always yeah, at no mo- Oh, my God. Really? Um, yeah, I've just never seen it, really. He's the one who has, the like, Simpsons. the the Barney Gumball. I'm gonna, uh, I won't send it to you right now, but you'll if you see him, you'll recognize him. He, like, has the drunk eyes, the, the gut hanging out, and he's always at, he's always burping. I didn't know you were a Simpsons character. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> I wish I was. <laughs> Life would be so much easier. All right. So when it comes to marketing, there's some traditional things to consider. Yeah. I mean, there's there's the old the old school tried and true mes- method that um, people still stand by today. Sure. Um, they still like it. And that's uh, kind of getting a sales agent. Um, yes. And that's not really marketing. No. But um, they'll, lead, they'll give you the marketing that you're looking for. Mm. Or am I wrong? No, not really. Okay. Well, fuck me then. Whatever. So I'm I'm done. I'm not talking for the rest of this. Kind. I it, it's it's strange. So like a sales agent 
wants you to have the marketing done. Mm, you know, like okay, idea, okay. in an ideal world. And yeah. then what they'll do, okay. they want you to have like um, key art, mm-hmm. you know, like a poster. Yep. Makes sense. They want you to have a trailer yep. and all that kind of stuff. And like behind the scenes. That's huge. Clips and like. They want BTS you know, a lot. Stuff like that. Um, but if you don't have good stuff, like if your trailer sucks, mm-hmm. but the movie's good enough, or your poster sucks, they will, they will, do a new one, and take it out of your. You know. How much you have, they have to recoup before you get money? Yes. Yep. Um. So there's that. Yeah. And 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 when you when the sales agents sell it to distributors, they're free to do whatever they want. Like they can take that key art. Yeah. And use it, or more more likely, they'll do their own thing, and you know, change the language and all that yeah. stuff. Um, but you know, so the sales agents have their marketing tools, but they're really just marketing what to, you already have. to distributors. Yeah. Like they're not marketing to uh, consumers. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Uh, so, the funny but, story about that, like that, distributors and sales agents will change it however they see fit. Uh, the movie we did, da- the daughter. Yes, it was released uh, internationally, and I was actually in Japan. In, in Japan, when it was, uh, it was a couple. I think I was a couple weeks, if not a little bit over a month away from the release in Japan because I wanted to buy a couple copies in Japan and bring them home, but I couldn't. Um, and uh, they had actually taken. So the daughter takes place in one. Basically, the crux of the story takes place in one night. Yeah, in a house. In a house, and it's a thriller. But it's not as much action as one would believe. Yeah, there's not really from the trailer. I mean, there's some. There's some, but it's a lot of like psychological. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. So it would be a suspense, suspense thriller. Yeah. Um, out in Japan, they renamed it Three Days. Yeah, for un- an unknown reason. And like the cover was like these guns ablazing in like a big city. Yeah, it was like a downtown. It was like a downtown area sky with rise. Like an explosion. Yeah, explosion. And like everyone was having like holding guns in their hands. And it was like, well, this isn't the movie at all. <laughs> Not even close. Uh, but they were free to do that because they wanted to market it. I don't know how it did in Japan. But uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's what they'll do with it. Yeah, so that's a little bit different. Although. I would say having key art, having trailers yeah. is good. I mean, you're going to want that no matter what. Yeah. Yep. Uh, because if you do end up putting it on a platform, like let's say yeah. you decide to self-distribute and you put it on um, like Amazon, right? Yeah. You're going to need that You're going to anyway. need a key art. You need because, a trailer. Because that's, the only, that's literally the only thing that people are going to see and click, you know, like they're... That's the deciding factor. Yeah, and that that is, I mean, if you have a good trailer, they're not going to see that trailer until they see your key art and then click on the trailer. Right. Um, now, okay, so let's talk about P&A budget because, again, this is your bread. This is kind of your wheelhouse more than it is mine. Sure. So where does the P&A budget come from? Is that just budgeted into your movie? So it depends. I mean, if you... For those who don't know, like, P&A is print and advertising. So it is, right. it is, so the P, it is what it sounds. The piece only applies... When you're doing theatrical, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, again, I think like PNA, it's like a theatrical term, really. So it doesn't really apply unless you're going to do like a self distribution run or try to do like a platform release yourself. Yeah, which in which case, um, 
you will want to set aside some budget because I think what a lot of people do in that scenario is they're like, okay, it's it's going to cost like three grand to four wall mm-hmm. a theater. Yeah. So I, that's doable. I can get a theater and yeah. put it in it. Yeah. It's great. But what they don't do is advertise it properly. And so... They get the theater, but nobody shows up. They get up. the theater, but it's just like a friends and family screening, essentially. Yeah. So you're going to want to have a little bit of budget to do some advertising. You want to do get it in like the newspapers, as weird as that sounds. Um, <laughs> get them in the trades. Yeah. Uh, you're going to want to do online ads. You're going to want to do like PR mm-hmm. for it and all that stuff to let people know that it's screening. Otherwise, that $3,000 will be a waste. And, you, waste. you know, it might be... Anyway, it's one of those things where <laughs> it might be. Anyway. It's one of those things where it's it's really a crapshoot with that type of thing. It is, um, and that it, there's a reason that not a lot of movies, compared to like how many are made, get to theaters. It's because you, there's, I mean, it just doesn't work out you very have well. The, you have the for, blo- <laughs> yeah. you have the blockbuster that is yeah. is like theaters know they're going to make a lot of money on that, and then they're going to make a lot of. Uh, concession money and they're going to obviously choose that over your movie so and and it's going to be hard to get your movie in theaters and if they do if you do get in one or two it's 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 going to be pushed it's going to get the worst screening test because they want the money makers to have the prime time yeah and i'll tell you right now your your four wall plan is not going to make you money i mean no it's it's really just sort of like an ego boost or like a yeah publicity type thing and with that in mind i honestly think if you're gonna do if you want to just do like a couple theaters mm-hmm. maybe just one theater mm-hmm. uh the platform we talked about in a previous podcast oh, called yep tug <laughs> is the way to go t-u-g-g <laughs> i believe mm-hmm. um so they what they do is it's almost like a it's almost like a kickstarter type mentality where yeah they contact or they have the relationship with the theaters. Yep. Um, they create a page for your film uh, for that theater that you've selected, and they set a threshold. So it's like, let's say, 80 people. Mm-hmm. And if you can get 80 people to pre-purchase tickets to your screening, then the screening will happen, and you know that's it. You don't have to pay anything. In fact, you get a little bit of that money. Yeah. Um, so in my mind, that's way better. That's a, yeah. that's such a better option. No than, money up front, no money out of your pocket. Yeah, do and, it. And really, I mean, it's no worse than four walling. It's not as good as like a real theatrical, mm-hmm. you know. But it's it's a it's a great option, I think. So when yeah. it comes to P and A, I don't think it's not necessarily something you really need to worry or should worry about. Yeah. Perhaps um, PNA would come into play if you were doing like a festival run, and you needed to create prints yeah. of your film for festivals. And uh, when you go to festivals, you also have to advertise those too. Otherwise, no one's going to show up to your screening. Exactly. So there is that. But one thing that you will notice, and not, and again, as, as we said in past episodes, you know, you don't want to be a uh, you don't want to be a no budget filmmaker forever. 
most people want to you know move up, get a little bit bigger budget, bigger bigger reach with their films. What you'll see a lot of people doing now is they'll do limited releases with films that are have potential but aren't the big blockbusters. So what they'll do is they'll release them in major cities like Los Angeles in a couple screens, and then New York in a couple screens, Chicago in a couple screens, maybe Austin in a couple screens. And what they'll do is they'll test to see. And a lot of people now will praise, will put up like, oh my gosh, this movie did, you know. $250,000 in this weekend, everyone's like, well, that's not that much. But then you realize that it was only in 10 screens. Right. And they're like, holy shit, that's actually like good. Per screen numbers are really good. Yeah. Per screen numbers, numbers are great. And then that will lead to, you know, it's like a test run to see if there's enough interest in the bigger markets. And then they'll start rolling it out to nationwide, a uh, little more screens and more screens and more screens. And that's what they tend to do now for ones that aren't like the Avengers or, you know, us or things that don't have huge names behind them or are maybe not like maybe have a big name in it but are not a subject matter that is widely regarded as a blockbuster moneymaker. Yeah. Um, so you'll see that happen a lot more these days and it's a limited release coming soon to a theater near you in wide release at this time. Yeah, uh, that's actually yeah. – so that's actually like what you would call a platform release. Mm. All right. Standard platform release right there. See, this is why Alex is the is the professional. The if it was a limited release, usually now sometimes limited releases turn into platform releases. Mm-hmm. But limited usually would be like it's only playing in New York and LA. Okay. Or whatever. Okay. You know? All right. Um See, I which is good too. I mean, every day. And those are you know, people do that for like awards and yeah. all sorts of weird reasons. Netflix but. is doing it just so they can get into the Academy Awards. Yeah. But now they're buying the Egyptian so they can do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. And did you see they're putting $100 million into a production hub in uh, New York? Nice. <laughs> God, Netflix is just going to rule us all. I love, how, I love how they're doing that after this. Like, I, I feel like just recently, the other day, I saw articles about how they were like, oh, our, our numbers are down. But they're just oh, I'm going to spend $100 million. Because yeah, they're still, what are we, what are we uh, $18 billion they make a year? More, it was like twenty something. Yeah, twenty five. Oh, twenty five. I think you calculate twenty five yeah. billion a year because they're making almost. They're making a little bit over two billion dollars yeah, a month. Like, something like that. Jesus. Something crazy. Yeah. Stupid. So. Uh, okay, so that's the old school. That's old school way. You hoping yeah. for like maybe that's a, traditional. Yeah. I mean, that's like if you're going, if you. I mean, that, that's not old school. That's still how they do it for things like Avengers yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's one of those things where it it may not be the best way. For your movie, if you're making, if you made a no budget movie, it doesn't check all the boxes that sales agents look for. You may not even get a sales agent one, yeah, and you may not even want a sales agent two. It's like there's there's a lot of different things to consider. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about that in, in another episode. I think so I think so. Um, so packaging your film, I think we talked about it. Yeah, maybe so check episodes. that out. Um, but. This episode, I think we're we're focusing mainly on. You want to get it out to people, no matter how it how to do it. You yeah, just, you've made a film. Yep, and you're not going through those traditional realms, and yep. you just want to have people see it. Yep, that damn straight. Yep, or you're self distributing and you want to sell it. So either you yeah. just want people to see it, you put it up on YouTube or Vimeo or something, or you're just advertising or, the hell out of it. So somebody comes along and says, "I'd like to buy your film outright because I have a plan for it." That too, or you're just trying to sell it on like Amazon. Oh yeah, or yeah, you're trying to sell sell uh, VOD or rentals. Um, yes, 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 yes. Misread, misheard that one. Um, so the new age is kind of like uh, you know, social media is huge. Um, it's all about the interwebs these days. 
Um, one big one is Facebook and IG. Um, you know, they are a company that just wants to make money. So they will sell you ad space. It's and so easy. So easy. And not only that, but the one good thing about like Facebook, even Google, um, is you could target it to the people you really want to see your movie. And the people you know will probably check out your movie. Yeah. And, um, and you don't pay for it unless they take action on it or yeah. you know see it or whatever. Yep. However you decide to pay for it. But um that's sort of like a bonus that doesn't exist with other ad forms like you know magazine ads or something. Yeah. If they don't click on if they don't click on your ad, you don't pay for it. Yeah. So you're kind of paying per impression or per action. Yeah. And um great way to save money. Yeah. And like Trevor said, there's a lot of really great targeting um aspects you can do so if you already have a list of emails so maybe you like before you even we'll get, started we'll get to this later before you even started making your movie maybe you like gathered emails of people who want to see it or like are part of a group like a like a horror like let's okay let's just do what we're going to do yeah horror film so sure. you go like a horror film fanatic or people who really like halloween or yeah. stuff like that so so like yeah exactly so let's say you're making like a creature movie or something and um there's another creature movie that's coming out that um, you think people that see that movie and like it might like your movie, so you decide you can like type in that movie's title and target people who have proclaimed their fanhood Allegiance. for that uh, for that movie. Yeah. Um, but if you have like like I was saying, if you have a list of people, you can um, upload that. You mm-hmm. can you can send ads directly to them, which is interesting. So it only goes to those people. So let's say you have a list of like. Let's just say you have 100. Perfect. You can send out an ad to just those 100 people. But what's really cool is Facebook is smart enough, maybe, who knows? No one's checked this. But um, to, to look at your list of 100 people and say, okay, here's everything that they have in common. Um, we'll, we're going to expand this and suggest people who fit within sort of like the model that we've created by analyzing your 100 people. Mm-hmm. And so they'll turn your 100 people into a million people yeah, or 5 million people or whatever, you know? So it's like, it'll expand it and um, Make- it's, it makes your ad uh, cost go down because yeah. it's more specific. Mm-hmm. And it makes your ads more uh, effective because theoretically, if your list is relevant, um, it finds relevant people. Yeah. So, um, and you know, make, make these companies work for their money, make them do the heavy work. They've got the algorithms, they've got the search results, let them do it. And, and you'll see that you're spending less money as well as getting better results. You're getting the people that are more likely to click on your ad for your film. You're getting people who are more likely to watch your film when they click on your ad. And I mean, it's just, a lot smarter to go that way if you're trying to get people to look at your film and uh, and you really don't have that big of a budget. And plus, I mean, there's just so much you can do with, with Facebook ads. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> so they have um, these things called pixels. You can so let's say for example you had your your movie website, mm-hmm. which had a trailer on it. Yeah, right? Trevor and Alex's Horror Movie dot com. Yeah. So yeah. what you can do is put a pixel on your trailer website. Okay. So that when a person gets served your ad, mm-hmm. Facebook will log 
the people that go to your page uh, and view your trailer. Yeah. So then it like sets them aside in a new pile. And those are the people that actually clicked your ad and watched the trailer or even like bought your thing. So like there's all sorts of different conversion tracking and stuff you can do. But um, you put these pixels on so then you can target them even more. So it's like, okay, this person watched the trailer. They might be really interested in it. Um, so maybe you'll want to send them another ad. When trailer two comes out. When trailer two comes out or when you're ready to sell the movie. Yeah. Or when the movie becomes available on you know, YouTube or whatever. Yeah. It's like you can, you can uh, retarget them is what it's called. Yeah, yeah, which is super helpful. You want to just – and again, remember, if you're building these lists and you're building this amount of people that are coming to see your, uh, see your trailer and possibly buy uh, or rent your movie – Keep this list because the next movie you you have already have a base list of people you can reach out to, especially if it's in the same genre. And you're like, hey, guess what? I have a new movie coming out. Here it is. Um, this is all about you know keeping your uh, fans happy, and as you keep them happy, they're going to be more and more loyal, and they'll watch anything you throw at them. So the fourth movie is something completely one uh, one eighty, completely different. They'll still follow you because they like your movies. Yeah, but all your efforts from the past will be, you know, beneficial. Exactly. So that's kind of the cool thing is like you do one thing and, you know, maybe it doesn't perform as well as you'd like to. Mm -hmm. You do the second thing. And again, maybe, you know, you get some like movement, but it's not as exciting. But like each time you're doing it, you're building up uh, a bigger list, bigger following. People start to know you. Yeah. And then over time, you will, you know, create your audience as it were. Yeah. And... Uh, one way to find that audience is Facebook is really good with groups. There's a group for everything. And not just on uh, Facebook, but Reddit. Sure. Um, you know, all these like online communication hubs are a great uh, – and, and Twitter have like hashtags, you know. Um, yeah. There are ways to get your link to your movie or information about your movie in, the f- eye, in front of the eyes of a ton of people. So find the horror groups on Facebook. Join them. I mean, if you're a horror fan, you may already be a part of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, just to talk about the new fa- uh, ones that come out. I mean, uh, we've talked about this on other episodes uh, where we talked to um, was da- was it uh, Jason Brubaker? Drew, I think it was Jason Brubaker who said that there was a documentary where the guys, when they were starting to come up with the concept of it, joined the groups that it was about, and by the time they were finished with their documents, they were already a part of the community in a yeah. very organic and natural way. So when they like release their movie, these groups they were a part of and active in, make sure you're active. They open them, welcome them with open arms and, and totally checked out their movie and it did great just based on those groups. Yeah, totally. And I, I think that's a good point. You don't necessarily want to just join groups and start blasting ads for your stuff because yeah. it will get ignored. I mean, you have to become an active participant. It's not kind of like a, an easy way in, you know, um, you, should become an active participant too because you'll you know it'll just bring better people well and not only that but like this is going to sound really cliche but film is a very um group oriented like very you know collaborative effort so say you're writing your horror script and you're already in a horror group you can throw ideas around. Say, hey, do you, what do you guys think of this? Like, what, did you like this in movies? Like, you know, that kind of stuff. And it'll improve your script right from the get-go, and then you're an active member, and then guess what? Hey, yeah. hey, hey, I got a movie out. 
And not, not only that, but if you are active in the group along the entire way and say, "Hey, I'm doing this. What do you got? Do you guys like this costume or this costume?" And you like get them involved mm-hmm. so that they feel like they're part of the movie. And then by the time the movie rolls around, um, they're excited to see it. I mean, that's that's the same thing that I don't know if we ever talked about this. I, I have my college roommate, um, his brother. Uh, paid just a little bit. I think he pre-bought the DVD for Day After Tomorrow or something. I forget what it was. Or maybe Lord of the Rings. Um, he pre-ordered it um, before the movie even came out in theaters. And by doing that, he was at the end credits that said, um, you know, special thanks to and all these people who had pre-paid yeah. for something. And that's just – that is just, uh, you know, th- that's just a way to get people involved the way sure. they never thought. It's just, uh, you know, you're in this community of horror fans. It's like, hey, guys, if you pre-order my movie, I'll put you in the end credits of the DVD or of the quote-unquote digital file. And people yeah. are like, oh, shit, okay, that's kind of cool. I wanted, I was interested in this anyway. That was put them over the top. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then also with Facebook specifically, um, they, they constantly, like, move through new technology and mm-hmm. new things. So, like, live video uh, isn't really new, but it's um, one of Facebook's current – favorite things yeah um in their algorithm so if you make a live video of yourself saying hey guys what's going on and you can post it to uh your page or your, or your groups or whatever and you say yeah. hey guys um and you add all your like hashtags and whatever <laughs> 35 hashtags so so people can discover it and you're just like we're making this movie um we're getting started we're shooting to we're on our first day uh tomorrow uh, we're just flying out people to, you know, whatever. And you just like get people yeah. involved. You're talking live and Facebook prioritizes those live videos yeah. over other content. Um, so it'll be seen by more people. And if you continue, like you might not see a huge number at first, but like if you keep doing it, Facebook will start serving it to more and more people uh, as it starts realizing that a certain type of people are watching it and liking it and, yeah. and interacting and commenting. And so then it'll be like, okay, these people like this. I'm going to give it to more people like that. And then, um, you know, it'll spread. Because, again, you, uh, Facebook just wants to put ads in front of things. And so the more money they can make, they're just going to push it out even more. Um, now, we're going to talk about more about BTS and all that in the uh, Gorilla, uh, Gorilla marketing. Gorilla Thriller. <laughs> Gorilla Thriller. But, you know, get somebody – who is, you know, maybe a PA or somebody who wants to kind of, you know, be more involved in production and get them to follow around people with, um, you know, with the login for the movie on their Facebook and make them an admin and then go like, you know, if an actor is uh, in a break, just say, hey, can I talk to you real quick on Facebook Live about the movie? And just do that kind of stuff. Any kind of engagement or active involvement on your movie that people can keep up, keep updated on is just it, it can only help. It doesn't hurt you. Yeah. And then even after the film's done, um, you can do crazy things like watch parties and groups and like all sorts of stuff. So, yeah. And not only that, but also um, uh, YouTube now has a feature, and we talked about this earlier. And you, granted, you need a certain amount of subscribers to do it, but you can premiere a video on YouTube, which means it goes live and plays immediately. Um, so it's kind of like so a it viewing it party. Like an yeah. event. It makes it yeah. like an event, and you can do that and be like, "Hey, you know what? All my, all my, all the people who followed me from day one, I'm going to give you a free screening of this movie as a premiere on YouTube, and I'll, it'll be a special invite, and check it out. And that's going to get people being like, "Okay, yeah, no, I'll support you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. So <clears throat> there you go. 
There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. Um, so then, I mean, we can't leave out Google because Google has, you know. Is the master. It's one of the OGs of, you know, ads and stuff. Yep. Uh, online. And they they have a great program, um, AdSense, AdWords, and all mm-hmm. that, um, where you can basically do the same thing. You can buy ads, um, and your ads will show up across their whole entire ad network yeah. based on your keywords and things that you put in. Mm-hmm. Um, so if someone has a blog where they use Google um, AdWords and they can, they have just like a code that they stick in their site and on the sidebar it just like automatically gives you ads that are relevant to yeah. the viewer. Um, if they have a blog that's relevant to what you guys are selling, your ad could show up you know, you can do that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, but also, you know, with Google, they own YouTube. And YouTube, you can do video ads in front of videos that are, you know, relevant to you as well. So, again, like you can have your trailer play before movies. You can have a little clip or or a video of you in front of the camera saying, hey, we just finished our movie. Check it out. Uh, blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever. It's just like you create these ads in these videos and you can get them in front of people and like videos that have millions of views. Yeah. Um, so that's a whole other thing. One thing that Google used to have back in the day, I'm kind of date yourself. I'm super sad Uh that they got rid of it because it was kind of cool. I mean, it was crazy. Mm -hmm. It's no shock to me that it didn't work, (laughs) but they used to have a platform called Google TV ads. Do you remember that? Oh my God, I do. So back oh my in the god, day, that's a blast from the past right there. Yeah. You used to be able to go in with your commercial, your 30-second or 15-second commercial, mm-hmm. or 60. I forget how many different like time slots they mm-hmm. had. Um, and you could actually buy television ad time <sighs> in regions across the U.S. And all depending on how much you were willing to pay. Yeah. And you just, it, it's basically just how um, their ads work online now, but with television. So... You could actually like get your commercials on TV through Google, which was kind of crazy. I, I cannot believe they used to offer that. I know that was crazy, and it was really competitive too, uh, in terms of like how much you had to pay. So not not only comp- it was like crazy cheap. So obviously it didn't work. But, yeah. Um, it's. I hope they bring it back. It was kind of a cool idea. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if they just got, thought that like th- their money is better spent because there's like streaming options now. It's just better spent on. Focusing it all on... It's probably just way easier to implement yeah. when it's all online versus having yeah, to like exactly. somehow get it to these TV networks that are probably still using tape commercials and weird stuff like that. Oh, God. And you have to send it in a certain format that is dumb. And oh, my God, 15 different formats. And yeah, oh, my God. You. Yeah, I've, de- I've dealt with TV commercials and it is a pain in the ass. Um, so, yeah. So, Google is another option. And, and again, pay-per-clicks, Facebook uh, Instagram now Twitter's doing it. Uh, yeah. Uh, Google. This is all. It's cheaper for you because if nobody's interested, if the person's not interested in your product, they're not going to click on it. You don't pay. You don't pay. But what actually what happens is, the more people that are interested, the less you're paying per click. Mm. The fewer people that are interested. I mean, you're not paying as much because no one's clicking on it. But yeah. every time someone does click on it, it's more expensive than it would be if more people were mm. looking mm. at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like a scale. It's like a sliding scale, uh, depending on that. So you want to make it relevant so that people do click it um, so that your cost per click goes down. And um, 
you know, you get more people to see it for less money. Yep. Yep. Uh, let's see what else do we got. Forums. So forums are similar to groups. Yeah, they're kind of... It's hard to say. Do you think they're dying off or they're just like not... I mean, not dying off, but like they're just not as popular as they used to be. Yeah, I think they're probably not as popular, but they're still around. They're still around. Um, some of them... I think it depends on, on the niche, as it were, um, what's more popular. Because I think in filmmaking, I think uh, groups have surpassed forums. Yeah. Um, there's a couple big forums, like TVX User, Red User. Creative Cow. Creative Cow. Um, Cinematography.net or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think in general, yeah. both in like user size and um, activity... I think groups kind of have surpassed. Yeah. Yeah, but forums are still handy. Um, you know, they we've sold some stuff on forums. So they're still they still have a big active user base. Definitely. Um, it's definitely worth going in there. It, Cuz it's free. It doesn't I mean, yeah, granted if you want to advertise on it, that's usually through Google Ads or, you know, something else, but for the most part to join a forum, it's kind of like we said about groups. Become an active member of that forum. You know, horror forums, stuff like that. We're sticking with our horror uh example. Um yeah. be- become a member and and talk and and that was it was actually uh Jason Brubaker, he said that the the uh the filmmakers actually joined forums, not groups. And right. so, I mean, this was a couple of years ago, but they joined forums of like, I think it was a, I think if I remember correctly, and you guys can go back and listen and then get uh, jump in the comments and tell me how wrong I am. I think it was a, it was about the Appalachian Trail, the hiking, yeah, or it was the right. Pacific, um, Pacific Coast Trail. Um, and they, they were going to hike it and film it and do a documentary on it. And so they went on there and uh, onto these forums for like backpacking and hiking and asked like, what equipment do I need? What about this? Like, how about this? And yes, they were getting information on how they could not die on this hike, but also they were <laughs> getting people to be involved from the get go on the, in their project. And those people bought the movie uh, yeah. when it all was said and done. Yeah. And I think when it comes to forums, honestly, I think the, the more like specific the niche is, the more likely there's a forum for it. Yeah. Um, red user versus, is for red people. It's ver- for people who use red cameras. Yeah, yeah. So I think, um, you know, versus um, like Facebook groups, right? So there may be Facebook groups for people who are into like painting rocks like animals or something. But I bet you there's a bigger forum for something like that. Yeah. Than there are Facebook groups. Yeah, and I think what happens is a lot of times in Facebook groups, People join them just because it's easy to click and join, and then they forget about them, and so they're not as super active. Yeah, um, and I th- yeah exactly. I think with Facebook, it really re- it's up to the group um, admin. Yeah, and how much they're active and they push it, and they because it takes a lot of work to run a group. Yeah, and um, I think a lot of people kind of like set it and forget it, and so a lot of groups kind of fizzle. Yeah, even if there's a ton of pe- so there's a lot of filmmaking groups out there. On Facebook. Yep. Filmmaking groups that have like 10,000, 20,000, 50,000 people in them, but you'll, you go on and see that, you know, the, there's only been a couple posts in the past month and they're all kind of like spammy ads. Yep. Exactly. And that could be true of forums too, because forums are, you know, one thing that Facebook has going for it is people go to Facebook just to go to Facebook and then, oh, there's some information about my, uh, my group that I'm a member of. But, for something like a forum, you have to go specifically to that forum for that specific reason. 
So like I yeah. see the frugal filmmaker more often than I see red user. Definitely. And maybe that's because I'm, we don't have a red camera, but I usually only go to red user when we're trying to sell something. Yeah. And I tend but, to go to Creative Cow a little bit more because it has like tips and tricks and wow, that was a uh, <laughs> tips and tricks and all that stuff. So it's much easier to go and find out how to do something in Premiere. Yeah. I, I honestly think that forums are a better resource in general. Uh, mm-hmm. You'll get better, you find better questions, better yeah. answers um, on forums. Plus, an interesting thing is in forums, it's pretty standard for you to be able to have a signature line mm, that can mm-hmm. either be on a lot of them. It can be an image or like a, an animated banner. Yeah. Um, so you could have your movie, you know, as yeah. an animated banner clickable to your website or your movie page or your yeah. trailer or whatever. Um, so every time you post, it's actually being populated with your your ad in a non-spammy way in a non-spammy way and so. you should be posting a lot because you got, as we said you gotta be an active member exactly yep so so there's that yep 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 then we have ad buys and email blasts yes. by ad buys i'm more specifically talking about like you contact a website specifically and say i want to advertise on your site i want to put a banner on yep. the top or i want to do like a site buyout where they change the background of IMDB the entire site. does that a lot yeah. if you notice like Avengers when it comes out the whole website banners sidebars footer everything's Avenger yeah and so that's a good way to get right in front of people so like again for horror maybe we'd want to like reach out to Bloody Disgusting or something yep. or like you know Fangoria or whatever like all these different places and put see, you know see how much it costs for like usually they charge monthly mm-hmm it's not based on impressions. It's not based on that. So you can get a pretty good deal on stuff. You know, maybe it's like two hundred fifty bucks a month, and they get yeah. you know thousands or millions of views. Um, and your things front and center on a really cool blog or something. Uh, so that's kind of a way to go. And then similarly with those companies, you can reach out to them and say, "Hey, do you have an email list of newsletters and stuff?" Yep. Can you do a blast? You know. For yeah. me, yep. sponsored email blast yeah. uh, to your list. And a lot of them do that. Um, and that also costs money. And yep. it goes directly to people's emails. It, you know, Depending on whether it's like the entire email is about your thing or it's like a little section of a multi-section email, you know, you're going to get different costs and stuff. Um, you know, That's another way to go. Mm-hmm. And then also one thing that you'll see a lot – on places like No Film School, yep. sponsored posts where you actually write an article that's like a blog post and um, they post it as if it's like their own blog post. And it'll say sponsored it'll on say it. sponsored on it like and that, all that but, kind of stuff. But it looks like a blog post and, um, you know. Yeah. And there's also, pros and cons to all there's also uh, gaining more and more traction is uh, sponsored content. So you get people. I hate this word. Instagram influencers. Sure. Who will talk about your movie or do something about your movie. You see a lot more with like energy drinks or supplements and all that. Yeah. Um, or but like birth control. Yeah. And there's also, you know, and so <laughs> birth control. Didn't have, got this baby because I didn't use this birth control <laughs> ad. Hashtag ad. Um, that will, you know, they'll do sponsored content. And uh, what's also very popular, and it's almost like, 
fun and free, free publicity is there's been a lot of publicity stunts that are to advertise movies. Uh, the one that pops off my head that I just looked up right now, uh, I don't know if Alex remembers this, but a couple years ago when Carrie remake was coming out, they did this really weird publicity stunt. And now granted, this was like, you know, MGM and Screen Gems, so they had a lot of money to put behind it. But you could do something like this on a lower scale. They did a telekinetic coffee shop surprise. So this girl was sitting at a table and then she was pulled to the wall and then slid up the wall while yes. people were there. Yeah. And they put the video online. And the video garnered so much attention, everyone thought it was just like a cool, uh, like like a hidden camera show, like a hidden camera show or something like that. And then turned out it was an ad for Carrie. But it, like one that ad, that ad video got so much ad revenue from yeah. being on YouTube, but also at the same time, it was word of mouth advertising for this movie. Now again, like I said, it was for Carrie. It had a bunch of money behind it that they could do it because it involved like you know taking a wall down and rebuilding it at a coffee shop. But that's another thing. Think about like you know doing some uh, viral videos that don't cost you much money, but could potentially be spread virally without you paying anything for it. That could then lead people to your movie. Yeah, exactly. All right. Next, let's Just getting through this. Let's talk about list building. Okay, let's do it. Now this is kind of like a boring aspect oh of God. marketing. Yeah, but important. So you you've seen it. You're on people's lists. You get the emails, guys. Yep. You do. It's um. So don't you, deny it. Every time you go to like, let's say, Premium Beat, mm-hmm. and they're like, you get, you see a, a blog post that's like about co- how to color correct your your film, and then like a pop up pops up that says, "Hey, download our five free LUTs," and then you're like, "Awesome!" And then you put your email address in. And uh, you download them, and now now every day you get like an email from Premium Beat. That's list building. That's list building, um, and, and it's big business. Oh man, it like it's great. I mean, it's one of those things. It's the best way to take control of your audience because you know we've talked about social media. Yep, Facebook, YouTube. Instagram, all these places, right? You can build up your followers, you can build up your views, your subscribers, and all that. But that can go away instantly, yeah. as we've seen with Vine. Yep. You know, Snapchat is kind of dying, I feel. I don't know. Maybe, I maybe don't know. I'm just, just too old for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Or, okay, uh, old man. <laughs> Snapchat forever. Um, what is Snapchat? Yeah. TikTok. TikTok. Yeah, sure. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Musically or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah um, all these things, you know, the, MySpace, obviously, uh, just, just you know, face planted. But um, uh, yeah. they can go away and you lose all of those subscribers. Mm-hmm. Plus, you're not really, as as we know, since we, you know, manage Larry's YouTube account, mm-hmm. those subscribers, they're not really all seeing your stuff. They're just kind of, yeah. especially if they are like subscribed you, to tons of stuff. Especially, yeah, exactly. And also, YouTube constantly, and all of them, they change their rules. So, like, yeah. it used to be that subscribers would get fed your stuff on on their main page. Mm-hmm. Then it was like, okay, um, they might get it. <laughs> if they want to get it, they have to click the little bell yeah, uh, to get notifications. But then, <sighs> yeah. now it's like, they can click the bell and still not get your stuff in their feet. It's like you have no control over it's it, right? It's the dumbest thing in the world. And so with emails, it's kind of the best because it's really a direct connection to people. Like people always check emails. And yes, 
they might have like a junk email account or they might eventually change emails or tell you to stop emailing or tell them. you to, or like unsubscribe, unsubscribe. or um, tell you to stop emailing them. Yeah. Um, so that's all true. But, yeah. uh, for the most part, it's the best way to have sort of a direct connection to your audience yep. that you can have more control over. Um, and really one of the best things about it is so with all these email platforms, you get statistics and analytics, and you can see who's opening it, who's not. Yeah. Um, you can see who's clicking on your links, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So then you can like adjust and say, okay, this time we only had like 10% of people open the email. So we're going to try to make like a schnazzier subject line. Super schnazzy. And so you do it next time, and you're like, okay, I got 26% to open it this time. That's good. And then you just kind of like, you're learning from that. Um, you're actually seeing how engaged people are um, and all that kind of stuff. And it's it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and you think, you know, you might think, oh, it's dumb, whatever. Um, keep in mind that companies, I don't want to b- blast out company names, but like blogs, like film-specific blogs, they will charge how much? Like a lot. I'm talking about uh, Yeah. how much do they charge? Fifteen? Uh, yeah, fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand dollars for you to send one email to their email list. Yeah. So this is big business because they know that email lists work. So yeah, if you really wanted to, you could spend fifteen thousand dollars and hit up companies. Sure. That already built theirs, but you could build your own. Yeah. And you know, build it from your Facebook ads and your clicks. Build it from your Google clicks. Build it from your your forums. Um, yeah. And then you know you'll get people who say, um. You know, please take me off. They'll unsubscribe, stuff like that. But you're still getting a base of people that are interested in the same things you're producing. Yeah, and, and, and it's you, great. We're not going to sit here and like talk about all the different list building. No. there's so much stuff about that. That's a whole you different thing. Definitely look for that in uh, Google and in um, YouTube, and you can see all sorts of different tools and videos for that. Mm-hmm. But I think um, what just talking about a couple key tactics mm-hmm. so as we don't try to like dig ourselves into too big of a pit here and start talking for the next three hours um one big one is contests yes so there's platforms out there like um i think king sumo is one okay uh, gleam.io mm-hmm. uh what's another one up viral yep. so basically you create contests that are viral contests where the participants can enter by entering their email address, but then it takes them to a page where they can do all these other actions, like watch a video. Yeah. Or they can um, watch a video. <laughs> subscribe to your podcast yeah. or like your Facebook page, like your Instagram page, all this stuff. So, like, they get extra points, extra entries, as it were, into the contest um, or a giveaway or whatever. So, they feel that it's worth giving their email address because it's not just like, oh, I'm going to get bombarded by spam. It's, oh, I can win something. Yeah, you can win something. And, and by doing the extra actions, that will give you things like video views and like yeah. subscribers and stuff. They can get extra entries and improve their chances of winning. Um, and you don't even have to give away like really expensive stuff. Like Trevor and I have done it. We've done it with books. We've done it with books. We've done it with small little uh, aperture lights. Yeah. Um, and We've done it with. Uh, they're not that expensive, but like again, people are charging fifteen thousand dollars for their email list. Yeah. So like a twenty dollar light isn't the end of the world when you're going to get three hundred people an email list that could potentially buy your movie for $10. There you go. That $20 turns into possibly $3,000. Yeah. Um, and you can get a lot of people that way. 
and you know it's kind of viral it's it works itself but you still have to promote your contest so that's mm-hmm. another thing uh the other sort of tactic is freebies like i like i mentioned with the premium beat example yeah they give away the lutz and stuff um if you have something to give away um that's connected to your film um you know that's a good way to go. You can, that's that people actually might want is is crucial. Like I mean, if nobody wants it, then yeah. obviously it's not going to do you any good. Hell, if you have an actor that's a kind of a name, you can auction off a personalized message from that actor. Actors are kind of cool with like giving out these freebies and like because yeah. it helps build their brand too. Be like, hey, this this person will you know send a video message to you saying, hey, how's it going? Blah blah sure. blah. And that one, I mean, that even like takes away more work. I'm thinking more like a one-off yeah. thing that you could easily you just make it once, and then you know, whenever someone signs up, they just get it. Like yeah, it's true. like a digital download or like yeah. a PDF or something. We've done that too. We've done that. That that's yeah. good. Um, so that's kind of like a standard way to go about um, list building. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's uh, and again, don't don't underestimate the power of email. It, it yeah. does a great thing. And the time you spend list building, which isn't that much time when you think about it. If you build the contest, you build the freebies, it's kind of automated. Yeah. And it'll steamroll people, tell themselves, like, hey, I got this free freebie for this. You should do it too. Yeah. You'll get the people. And, you know, another thing that we didn't mention here that's kind of falls under, gosh, I don't even know what it falls under, but um, like Patreon. Or like the Patreon type oh, type model, yeah, is something where that could be good uh, for That's true for list building. So yeah. if you made a uh, a list where the people on the list would get emails that are like exclusive updates and like um, like cool video files, like Trevor was saying from the yeah. cast members, and like um, you know exclusive podcast episodes or whatever. You know, it's like you get all this stuff just by being. You know, a subscriber to the newsletter. You know, maybe you do some behind the scenes, but you have a uh, behind the scenes exclusively for people who signed up. You know, you put exactly. your behind the scenes on YouTube, but there's one that they need a special link to. Uh, Essentially, everything that you could do with Patreon, you could do with like a newsletter. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and get build that, up and your email list, get that money, money, yeah. um, and get the, that audience, which is huge, which is huge. So, so do we want to talk about crystals, or do we want to move on from that? Well, crystals Harn- are the biggest part of new yeah. age marketing. Yeah, uh, they harness carry it. the energy of your dreams uh, and the souls of your enemies. Yeah. Um, so don't forget about crystals. Um, yeah. <laughs> so now we're on to gorilla, gorilla, gorilla and gorilla, gorilla. Um, so gorilla marketing. Yeah, gorilla marketing. Um, this is kind of like this is the bread and butter of no budget filmmaking because this is just about. Doing the stuff that, grassroots, yeah, grassroots. Bernie Sanders for president kind of stuff. Yeah, um, it's just the cheapest way that you can get people to possibly buy your movie, um, and one of that is is movie reviews. Give access to your movie early to websites that are popular. Um, yeah. They need content. They need to write up stuff. So if you give it to access to five movie review sites, slash film, uh, ain't it cool news? Uh, Joe, Joe Blow. Blow uh, uh, what was the one I just screen, screen rant. rant? Screen rant. All these kind of places. They they need content, and you know what's better than them coming up with original ideas and having to come up with original ideas that they uh, have to write about and research? A movie review. Sure. And they'll do it. And it's the same, not just with blogs, but YouTubers. So yeah, send it to YouTubers or Instagram people yeah. and say, hey, got a screener from a movie? Check yeah. it out and send it. Give us your review or whatever. Yeah, tell us what you think. Um, obviously, 
these efforts of yours are going to be met with some no's and yeah. some non-responses. Um, and so you're going to have to, you know, sort of figure out the best way to go about it uh, yeah. to get the best results. But be smooth, be smooth. Um, um, and so like the behind the scenes stuff falls under the gorilla because you could release like cool clips to again, blogs and stuff. So like, for example, if you use some kind of like crazy um, technique or like lighting thing setup, or like yeah. you mounted the camera in a weird way to yeah. something, and you took pictures of it and behind the scenes video, and you send it to Slash Film or to like uh, yeah to no budget or not no budget uh, no, <laughs> no film school yeah, send it to us um, you know and do kind of like a press release like traditional type outreach to. Mm-hmm. Um, through contributors, then you could get your movie featured that way. Yeah, and if you'll if you go if you're a visitor of Joe Blow and Slash Film, you'll see like, oh my god, this crazy clip from, uh, you know, you know, they'll release clips for movies that are about to come out. It's like this crazy clip from this movie. Check it out. It's not a review. It's not anything. It's like, oh my gosh, I love the technique or something like that. Yeah. It's just a small little snippet of something that you think is cool in your movie. They'll put it up. Um, if you have a website that has a lot of traffic and that you really like, give them an exclusive clip. Give them yeah. a clip that they can't, that, and they will definitely put that up. If you say, I'm only sending you, you this clip, they'll be like, what are you talking about? Like, they won't say that. They'll be like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like, yes. And they'll say, yeah. exclusive clip from Trevor and Alex's horror movie. Yeah. And I mean, they won't say, what are you talking about? They'll be like, oh, yeah, I'll take it. Um, I think when we have shared stuff in the past, some of that stuff has been has gotten the best yeah. response and like most shares. I, one in particular, I mean, obviously it's a huge movie and everyone was like buzzing about it. But there was an article about how um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine uh, was lit. Yes, and all the the array of Ari Ari yes. Yeah, and like the weird sort of like light setups um, that he did. So. Of course, it's Roger Deakin, so anything that says Roger Deakin is going to get people, the film nerds. People love like, that. What? But extremely shareable in, the, in those communities when you can do kind of cool stuff mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. So, again, it's about kind of creating a story, creating the shareability. Like, why would people want to see this, A, and why would they want to tell other people about this? Those are important things to keep in mind. And kind of getting the uh, the the behind the scenes. Let people be feel like they are are like getting a behind the scenes and kind of exclusive look at the filmmaking process. You're going to get a lot of filmmakers that are like, uh, Oh damn. I mean, I just said Alex an article today about, uh, the way they shot the Mandalorian, uh, Mandalorian for uh, star Wars. Um, and shit like that. And and it's just cool. I mean, granted the people that are really into that are, are exclusive to filmmaking nerds like us. But still, you're going to find somebody who may be interested, not to give anything away, they use like, um, they're called, uh, what are they called? What, uh, why am I forgetting this? Um, the, the room is, it's a specific kind of room and it is, it is, it uses like, uh, AR so that they can live track like VR, the uh, CGI in real time with like virtual cameras. Yeah, and so you might find somebody who's not a huge filmmaker but loves that kind of thing, uh, in terms of like VR or com- uh, computers that will get somebody that you wouldn't necessarily expect 
to start following your movie because they just love the behind the scenes look. Yeah, and you know both of those examples were like huge budget. Yeah, of brands. course. But like a, a more no budget example, uh, take a look at like what Gnome Kroll does. He's an interesting guy. He's got a blog and a podcast. You should check him out. Um, he just made a movie uh, called White Crow, and he got his movie featured on. Um, different blogs by writing articles that had subject lines like, or headlines like, uh, how I shot my, you know, low budget or no budget feature on an Alexa or something like that. Or like, yeah, I shot, I think he shot the whole movie in nine days. So like how I shot a feature film in nine days. Yeah. And it's sort of like an ex- explanation of how he, you know, went about doing that and planning it and all the logistics and stuff. So it's like informative, and related to his project. So, I mean, I've heard so much about it now. I, I'm excited to see his movie. Um, Which one was that? It's called White Crow. Hmm. Well, so there's a new, another movie called White Crow that's coming out. So he's actually changing it, I think. What's he changing it to? Don't know yet. I don't see it. No, White Crow on his IMDb. So I was trying to figure it out. Yeah, I don't know what he's changing it to. Um, okay. Uh, just to let It's you... not done yet, I don't think. It's okay. in post. Gotcha. So just to let people know um, that it's called The Volume. Those rooms are called The Volume. Oh, uh, yeah. And they're like white rooms with cameras all around. Um, padded almost... rooms. Yeah, padded rooms with uh, lighting grids and all that. And it's kind of like what um, Zemeckis did on Beowulf kind of idea. But uh, yeah. that's, I mean, for me, a computer and film nerd, that kind of stuff I love. Um. So, yeah, and then, I mean... There's also podcast interviews. Yeah. Yeah, get out there. Market yourself as well. I mean, it's not so much as marketing your movie as it's marketing yourself as well. Yeah. You I know? mean, we got hit up today we, from yeah. a guy named Nathan. Yeah. What up, Nathan? What up, Nathan? Uh, who said that he, you know, he asked if we ever have, like, guests on the show uh, and if he could, like, pitch himself as a guest. And that's awesome. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we we, again... We get sidetracked with all of our other things. Yeah, but we're we terrible have, at planning. We have a lot of interviews set up for people that want to interview to talk we about have their a, projects. We have a list of people. Those projects may be long and gone, and we may have missed a chance. <laughs> but again, the people that you're reaching out to that is, I don't want to say free advertising, but advertising, they need content. Yeah. You need to get your, your, your movie out there. So it's, it's a win-win situation for both of you. Yeah, and I'll say... Straight up, at least Uh-oh. when it comes to us, like I'm yeah. just gonna open this door. Yeah, it 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 pays to be a little bit more aggressive. Yeah, you know, like we had Uh-oh. we had our boy Zef. <laughs> uh Our boy Zef came on on the show. Yeah, partly because he was like, "Hey, you know, I'm flying out to L.A. When can I come?" Yeah, it's like, yeah. Definitely come. And where did that lead to? Us in Vegas going to a premiere of his movie. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. drinking. So yeah, I mean. It, you know, it's kind of funny. Me and Alex were always kind of tiptoeing around it and all that. And um, when it came to this meeting that we're setting up, this is just an example of like how this could work in every aspect. We came to this meeting that we set up. We kind of just looked at each other and just said, you know what? No more like uh, – no more uh, – to lack of a better term, pussyfooting around it. No more tiptoeing around it. Uh, we said, you know what? We're just going to go to people, send an email, send a – you know, call somebody, send a text, say, hey, we're making movies. We want. We we're looking for money. Do you know anybody has any? Do you want to uh, invest any? Nope. Okay. Next. And that's what you got to do. Um, yep. 
You just got to be aggressive and just say, you know what? I have a movie. You have a podcast. I like your podcast. Listen to a couple episodes or two or lie and say you listen to a couple episodes and say, yeah. I really like it. I'd love to, uh, to uh, come on and talk about my movie. They'll probably say yes if it's a, it's a podcast by two yeah. nerds in Hawthorne, California <laughs> that uh, just start doing podcasts for the hell of it. But not only that, you got to like keep emailing. So like yeah. even if they say yes. Persistence. Say, like say, great. Uh, when can we schedule that? And then they don't email or message back. And then you say, hey, just following up on this. I'd like to schedule this. Are you available this week? You yeah. Know, you got to keep keep at it because, like we said, we're it's not that we're so busy. It is, kind of. But yeah. it's just that we haven't figured out the system enough to like schedule when we're going to do these ahead of time so that we can... Um, get the guests exactly, to come in. And, and we may lose their email in the mix of things and forget to message them. But then they email us again, and it's like, oh yeah, no, exactly. no. And then what you can also do is, if you're persistent enough, you can say, can we lock down a time right now? Exactly. Or or say, like, does this Friday work? Because if somebody came to uh, email us is like, hey, I really want to be on it. We're like, great, let's do it. And then a week later, like, hey, uh, any update on this? I'd really like to do it. Can you do it this Friday? We'll probably more than likely say. Hey, no, we can't do this Friday. We tend to do it on Thursdays. Oh my God, we just scheduled it. You're on boom to boom. Yep. And so, um, it, if you're persistent when it comes to podcasts, um, you will be uh, rewarded with free publicity, and they will get rewarded with content. Exactly. Yes, 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 yes. Um, there's also now here's a, here's a story about <clears throat> guerrilla marketing that um, I just love. Because mostly because I love Werner Herzog, um, he is the he is the gift that keeps on giving. Oh, in so many ways. On so many so many ways, and he just recently came out and said that pirating movies is the best form of distribution that has ever been created. Yeah. And piggybacking on that, Alex had told me an article a couple years ago that said that movies that put themselves up on torrent sites. If those who don't know, torrent sites is kind of a way to. A non, kind of anonymously download um, files, um, but it's a yeah, lot of time. Kind of yeah, it's a lot of time used for piracy. Um, it was it came out as just a file transfer for business, but then it was used for more nefarious things. Yes. Um, but f- there's sites that like link to torrent files of movies and all that. Uh, how I know that I don't know, but um, they did a study and said that movies that put themselves up on torrenting sites. So like we put Alex and Trevor's. Uh, horror movie up on a torrent site, they tend to get better sales because people who torrent them want to watch it without spending money. And if they like it and they like the people who did it, they'll support them. Not only that, but what ends up happening is they get arrested by police and they're forced to pay restitution. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Those people watch it, you know? Yeah. Because there's no barrier of entry. Yeah. You don't have to pay for it, right? Exactly. They watch it. Then they tell their friends who have more of a... um, Stronger moral <laughs> compass, compass. <laughs> or a lack of uh, computer knowledge. <laughs> yeah, uh, that don't. So it's like word better of word mouth, of mouth. Yeah, to people who aren't going to torrent it. Exactly. Um, who will be like, oh, cool, that does sound cool. I'll check that out, and uh, it just kind of like helps spread the word. Yeah, I think I, I met somebody. I knew somebody who uh, torrented Mandy. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I gotta see that now. Yeah, and, and a bunch of other movies that I, like sometimes you can't find them anywhere else. Except for one place, and you didn't know about it because you don't use that as your main movie place. And you're like, oh, all right. Well, I didn't hear about this. I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's actually, they think that by you putting it up, or as uh, Werner would say, pirating movies 
actually increases sales and uh, interest in your film. Yeah. Uh, you want to tell me your ad fly story as a way of guerrilla marketing? This one's genius. I tell this to everyone. <laughs> and maybe I shouldn't. Alex may be embarrassed, but... I don't think it works anymore. It probably doesn't, but um, this is just absolute genius. I, I, uh. It's not even really that... It, it's not even useful, really, is the, the thing. But I, I realized um, IMDb star meters are uh, based on how many times <laughs> new people come and see look at your profile mm-hmm. um so if you just have and it doesn't even have to be a lot because you know it's more like how frequently they're visiting it at that time too so if you have like yeah a, a two thousand people visit your site in a day that's better than two thousand people visiting your your site in five days right or that's actually better sorry two thousand people in a day is better than five thousand people over the course of a week because it's like oh you're hot now you're hot. Yeah, exactly. So um, what I did was there There used to be a thing. I don't even know if it exists anymore. There was a thing called AdFly. I think it still does. I'm sure it does. Um, that basically puts any page that you want. So when someone clicks on a link, you've probably seen these types of ads. Uh-huh. It makes a full screen pop up that lasts, you know, it has like a countdown. <clears throat> yep. And it'll say like, um, skip this ad in like 10 seconds mm-hmm. and it'll show whatever you want. Whatever you want. Ten, uh, an entire web page for 10 seconds uh, and then they can click to skip. Um, and I think what they even did was like they would do that and it would pop up. It would be like a pop under. Yeah. So there's like pop ups that pop over your screen and then there's pop unders that create a new tab or a new window. Um, no, what it was, what AdFly would do is it say you're clicking on a link, it would take you to a landing page before it would then continue to the site. Yes, so but it, I, I think they also do pop unders, which are even more uh, sca- like they don't pop up immediately in front of you, so they're behind. So if you have like a window, it'll create a new window that's under the window that you're looking at, so you won't even necessarily know that it's there. Yeah. And it, what it, that does is create like more watch time or like you yeah. know, viewing time of mm-hmm. your page. Um, so anyway, I, I put my IMDb page on this. I spent like 10 bucks or something. (laughs) This is so good. And got thousands of views of my IMDb page. And I went from like in the millions on star meter to 1000, 1000 guys. Like I have this huge spike in my graph to where I got (sighs) to like the 1000 mark just from doing that. And it was pretty crazy. I mean, Obviously, it doesn't really mean anything. No, it doesn't, but it was pretty impressive to see. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what that has, what value that gives you. I do know that for in similar, in a similar realm, um, when it comes to you, uh, Reddit, yeah, people used to do when Reddit. I don't, again, I don't know if this is still how Reddit works, but they used to uh, Reddit posts used to be based on how many people upvote your post in like the first hour or something yeah would be like oh it gets to that like top level um and so people would share their videos on reddit and then they would blast out all their friends or like have all these maybe fake accounts i don't know um and they would upvote the video and it would get like hundreds of upvotes and then in like like 15 minutes and so and then it would get sent to the front page of Reddit and then it would get like 
shared all over the Once place. I mean, you'll see so many people just be like, oh my God, I can't believe I made the front page of Reddit because it's such a big deal in terms of getting people to look at what you posted. Yeah. Now, that that crap won't work if your video sucks Yeah. Uh, and no one wants to share it. They'll be like, what is this garbage? Uh, but if it's a good video yeah, and you do something like that and it gets to the front page of Reddit, then, you know, off to the races. And I don't think, I don't know if that does that anymore. Probably not. It's, it's yeah, I, I can't. Tell, but, I mean, Reddit would be smarter if they changed that. Yeah. Uh, but it's something to make note of and to keep up on. I know it's a lot. You're already like trying to make movies and raise money and all that stuff. But if you can. Never ends. If it you never can, ends. Uh, try to keep up on sort of like the latest marketing stuff and like yep. what people are doing. Because, I mean, man, I remember even back in the day, there were um, tools that came out for Facebook where you could um scrape people's facebook ids right yeah so like you would go to a group of let's say i had like a million or not a group like a like a page okay so let's say uh you made a movie about alex and trevor's horror page okay yes and let's say alex and trevor's horror page has um a million uh followers followers yep or whatever they are likers Likers. Um, <laughs> Likers, yikers. You could scrape all those people's oh, man, user IDs. Yeah. And then when you go to make a page for yourself, so then we're going to make like Alex and Trevor's indie movie horror page. Yeah. We're starting it. We can take those million user IDs and load them into the invite function of Facebook. And you could invite all those people to your page to like it. Now, that didn't last very long. <laughs> I wonder why. Facebook caught on very quickly and was like, nope. But for the... Denied. It, you know, it had to have lasted like a year at least. I think it was about, yeah, that sounds about right. Or maybe a year since when, since when you first discovered it. Yeah. So, I mean, there's <sighs> always there's always things like that that pop up, like the Reddit thing. Um, and if you are kind of like aware of it and keep a lookout for stuff like that, you can sort of capitalize on that, it's that kind type of, like of stuff. Gaming the system, but not yeah. really. Growth hacking. Growth as it were. Wow. Growth hacking. Yeah. Um yeah, I think the final thing is what <laughs> What tools what tools do we have? Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> Trevor's the biggest tool. Um uh, so. fuck you. <laughs> you know, I was gonna do a whole bunch of tools and yeah, stuff. That's like, gonna be another three hours. There's just so many of them. So again, if you're like interested in link building, look up some link building tools. If you're interested in like Facebook ads, there's a ton of Facebook ads tools yeah. that help you like optimize your Facebook ads and stuff. Yeah. Um so I would just go out there and do a little research, check out some like internet marketing and like uh you know, different types of blogs that have to do with like creating ads or like list building or audience building and stuff like that. And if you're super interested and want a little bit more, just hit us up in the comments section or over at Fearless Filmmakers. We will, we will answer questions if you have them. Sure. We're not going to give you a list of 30 of them, but at the same time, you know, we'll help you out if you're looking for some. Um, we're not going to leave you high and dry, but it, it could totally. be a lengthy, lengthy discussion. Yep. Um, yeah, and plus, there's so many of them. It's kind of personal preference. There's yeah, just a lot. it's it's whatever one you like to use, whatever one you think is, uh, you know. Um, I guess you could say uh, more successful is more is a, yeah. is a for what you need. It's it, uh, what is it? Users' mileage may your mileage may vary. 
Yeah. Um, so we, we don't want right. to say one is better than the other. But. I think we got to wrap this up because we're going to go long. Oh, baby. God, are we? We've been going short for so long. Now we're going to go long. All right. Let's do the, the fun part. We're then. already at an hour 20. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry, guys. So sorry. Um, all right. So what do you got, Alex? What's, What's cool? cool? Yep. Lacey announced an eight terabyte rugged raid shuttle drive, which for I'm guessing a lot of you guys know the Lacey uh, rugged drives are those like silver and orange ones with like the rubber thing around them. Mm-hmm. You know them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they just announced an eight terabyte. Yeah, man, crazy. <sighs> it's a raid with raid. Um, Thunderbolt three USB C. So they used to you like when you got into the eight terabytes. They it used to be like two drives stacked together. That's why they were always thick. Like the the old school G drives were double stacked. Yeah, this one looks double wide almost. Mm-hmm. So it may be two drives. It may be two drives. It almost looks like the size of like the solid state drives. Like yeah. they're kind of smaller. Okay. Uh, side by side. Okay. All right. So so they still haven't perfected a single drive that's eight. I mean they have, but not yeah. not for a rugged. Okay. But you know it's what I like about it. So unlike. A lot of our other bigger ones. It is still a portable drive, and then fantastic. it's powered. It's powered by the the cord that transfers that the data. That is fantastic. I hate. I just despise drives that have you have to plug despise. in. Yeah. It's like my nightmare. <laughs> it really is. This is my nightmare. Um, yeah, so I that's, do too. That's awesome. I it's do too. it transfers files at 250 megabytes a second. Nice. Um, and it's shock, dust, and water resistant. Um, yeah. And it's, oh, $529.99. That's not bad. It's not a bad price for eight terabytes. It's not bad. And like it's being it. released in May. All right. All right. All right. So I got something that's kind of uh, convoluted, but if you're in the industry, it's kind of big news, especially if you're a writer. Uh, the writers, the WGA, uh, is now suing agents for uh, issues with uh, packaging. This has been coming for a while. They thought they were going to come up to it with an agreement, but the agents agencies have kind of held pat. Uh, and the the writers are like, oh, hell no. Um, for those who don't know what packaging is and what the issue with it is, uh, definitely check out the link in our show notes. But in the lamest terms I can say or the uh, easiest terms, it's basically where agents are no longer taking their commission fee but instead are making themselves uh, producers and uh, also – getting points on the project, which in turn gives them more money and screws out the writers. Uh, so yeah. the, the agents will be like, well, I'm going to keep my, uh, I'm going to give you back my 5% commission, but I'm going to get 10% on all the profit this show that you uh, created ever makes. And so they're screwing uh, writers out. And a lot of times writers don't even know they're doing this. They just say, oh, I'm going to give you 5%, uh, give you your 5% back. And people are like, oh, that's great. That's yeah. Great. Exactly. Or your five or your 10, whatever you have with your agent. So, Writers have now said that they they couldn't get basically the agencies to stop doing this, so they're suing them for, um, if I remember correctly, it's I, I forget the official term. It's not breach of contract, but it's a failure failure to represent or something like that. Um, yeah, because I think what breach the, of duty, breach of duty, breach of duty, right. because because agents have a fiduciary duty. Yes, to find the best deal for their for their uh clients. Yeah. And one of the biggest stories from it is um God, who wrote the wire? Um that guy, the wire guy. Yeah, the wire guy. Um he um David Simon came out and said that he was selling his first, his book Homicide about Baltimore cops and the homicide department and he was selling it to be made into Homicide Life on the Streets. And um, 
they were going to this uh, big name TV director and going back and forth, and they gave an offer that the TV director said, and they said, he said, well, that's a little low. I'd like to go back for more. And they're like, well, this might be the best offer you get. Don't don't screw it up. He's like, well, all right, no, I want I want more. And they went back, and then later he found out that they also represented him, so they were just battling each other. They yeah. were just like – So it's a conflict of interest. Con- total conflict of interest, and that kind of like is like the best definition of what is going on. But uh, definitely check out the link in our show notes for a great video that um, the WGA put together to show you how they feel that agents are screwing writers. Um, but they're, they're so pissed off they're now suing, uh, suing the agencies. Great, great. What else you got, Alex? Um, so, um, some of you may know about a little collaborative platform called F track. It's actually, it's kind of like a a creative project management tool specifically for video Mm -hmm. and media and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's extremely popular, especially with, um, effects houses and stuff like that for getting notes and sharing files and stuff like that. But it's always been kind of. You know, it's for like studios and for larger companies. And now F-Track has uh, created a a platform called F-Track Review, which is a little bit less money. It's actually half as much money with an annual subscription. Okay. Um, And it it allows you to collaborate with people um, on your, your projects. You can do like the whole commenting thing. You can like draw on the screen. Uh, point to things, upload stuff, um, and, you know, do that whole, like, collaborative yeah. thing at a, remotely. Yeah. So you don't have to do, like, watch downs right over, you know, someone's shoulder. You can yeah. watch it at your leisure um, and do that. And I think it's 15 bucks a month. It's not bad. It's not yeah. bad. There's other options out there, like Whipster and all that, but that's still pretty good. Um, I actually was going to throw something in there about another about, – uh, company buying something that was like uh, F-Track. But uh, all right, good deal. I think Post Haste bought somebody that does uh, like uh, collaborative editing through... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, okay, not bad, not bad. I mean, I always like a price cut, so I'll take it. Not bad. I'll take it. Um, so I've got the Apertures, uh, two new things. One is still in the kind of experimental concept phase. They haven't perfected it yet. And one is something that Alex and I have been waiting forever for. Forever. Yeah. So first so off. So much so that we contemplated like trying to make it ourselves. Yeah. Or like have it made. Yeah. But man, glad someone else made it. Thank God. Somebody already has like experience in building things. Yeah. Um, Aperture. We'll start with what's actually going to come out. And be a physical product you can buy sooner rather than later. Aperture's RC LED light. Yeah. Guys, it is a screw-in, full-color spectrum light bulb that can be... Yeah, it's like a smart bulb, it's like but a smart made bulb. for video. For practical. So you replace your practicals and you have full range of color control. Yeah. And it's color accurate. Yeah. It's, it's so, fantastic. I've been doing this for quite some time. Using you know, the... Look at me, humble brag. Using the... Uh, the smart bulbs yeah. for like cinematography, mm-hmm. and it has it has had a lot of big drawbacks. Okay, one being it's not super accurate, but when it comes to using colors, like if you're using like party colors and yeah. stuff, fine, exactly doesn't matter. Yeah, um, but the biggest problem is there was always a um, 
you had to be at a certain shutter angle, otherwise you would get banding. Yeah. And if you tried to dim, you could get banding and stuff like yeah. that. Um, so that's a huge problem. Yeah. With video. And so, it, it, I mean, it kind of ruined some stuff when we lent them out to certain people. Yeah. Um, and not great. So these bulbs don't do that. You can, they're flicker free, flicker free at any, free, sp- all that. at any speed. Yeah. And they are color you can, accurate. You can dim them to your heart's content. They are controlled by an app on your phone. They have what is called the matrix like connection, so you can the mesh, the net. mesh me- mesh net, so you can kind of do them, you know, all in a row. You have like you have access to all the lights in the mesh. Um, but more importantly, this is really cool. Screws into a normal light socket. Yeah, but you can come out of the light socket with a built-in battery. That is cool, and I, the reason I like that. Oh, I love that. Well, there's a lot of reasons I like that, <laughs> but the biggest reason. That that is like one of the coolest things. Yeah. Is that now, guys, think about this. Think about it. You don't, like your lamps don't have to be plugged in. So you don't have to worry about running cables and like having ugly like cable runs. You could literally like bring a practical clip off the plug so it just sits there pretty like it does in the ads. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about running weird cables all over the place. I recommend running your cable somewhere off camera so it looks like it's plugged in. So someone's like, where does that plug in? No. Why? <laughs> it's the future. It's the future. Wireless power. <laughs> but uh, yes, so we're super excited about these. We're so excited. We're probably going to buy a couple when they come out. I'm buying at least six because I have these. Um, oh, you're going you're gonna to replace them? Yeah, I have these uh, Lowell lights. They're called the L light oh. um, that use regular Edison sockets, mm-hmm. um, and they have cool little mounting options and whatnot. I bought a little kit of them, and I've been using these smart bulbs with them, but now I'm going to toss those out. Well, not really. I'll probably use them in my house. But um, then I, replace them with these apertures. I fully support buying six of them. Let's do it. Yeah. Absolutely, let's do it. Um, and then also apertures. Now, this is still in development. It's kind of a concept. They do have a kind of a working model. It's not uh, super accurate. It's called the color picker. And this is really cool. They had this this technology in like a pen that had RGB. Yeah. And so you, what it does is you can go and spot a color, scan it with the color picker, and then it will be able to – the goal is for it to be able to come into aperture lights and recreate that color with their RGBW lights, which is yeah. awesome. But right now you can point the app at yeah. things, right? Yeah. Yep. But they want this to be a standalone like – Device? device carry around and everything yeah um so that is super cool um you know uh we'll see um how long this comes up to uh to come to fruition but uh i mean that's pretty cool that's pretty cool the bulbs i I believe are about 60 bucks a piece oh that's right i did not include price sorry guys my bad but uh, 60 bucks a piece yep not bad not bad did we talk about last time the aperture amarin mc actually we did which is why i brought this up because our boy mitrots mitrots he was the one who talked about all these other things um and so that's why we we made sure to talk about the rc led light because we're more most excited about that super stoked about that definitely getting those yep i'm also pretty stoked about the other ones the aperture amaran mcs you know what i don't think we talked about the mcs i think we talked about their big their big beefy uh oh the light storm yeah the light storm um, the MCs, though, they come with a charging Those, briefcase. Exactly, if you buy so, a certain amount. 
but the um, oh, the so Aperture cool. Amaran MCs are the full color spectrum version of like the M9 mm-hmm. or the MX, mm-hmm. um, which are really cool. And they use the same like mesh network, um, so they talk to each other. You can control them all simultaneously through an app, mm, and they and charge they have, in like a, a little charge briefcase, and we're so, totally getting those. Yep, okay, absolutely. <laughs> that's how company decisions are made. What do you got, Alex? We gotta wrap this up, man. We are just yeah, we talking the ear up. Okay. All right, go. Uh, PS Technic forever. Technovision 1.5 times anamorphic lenses. Woo! So these are some super swanky um, lenses. PS yep. Technic is a cool company. They make a lot of interesting stuff. Um, been around for a while, I believe. Like. One of their first products, or at least the first time I knew about them, was back in the day when they made those like 35 millimeter adapter type things mm-hmm. for like mini DV camcorders. Nice. But now they're making like really sweet lenses. So they have uh, new stuff coming out that are anamorphic lenses made for um, 16 by 9 sensors. Nice. So if you don't have like the, f- nice. the 4 by 3 sensors, like an Alexa or whatever, yeah. um, these ones are, are for you. Nice, and um, they use like the full resolution of your of your camera and all that kind of stuff. Um, and they have a whole prime set that includes forty millimeter, fifty, seventy five, one hundred, and one thirty five. Not bad. And two different sets or two different zooms. Um, one is a forty to seventy, and then a seventy to two hundred. And they're all they look pretty great. Yeah. Um, Expensive. I, Expensive. So Expensive. Each prime lens is nineteen thousand. The zoom lenses are about twenty three to twenty five a piece. Um, so you know, not cheap. Not cheap, but, but you get what you really pay cool. for. Get what Technovision you pay for. Classic man. They look. They look great. I, I just like the way they look. Um, the lenses themselves. They look like vintage, like uh, uh, Panavision lenses. Or something. Yeah, they look. They look sick. They they did really good craftsmanship on that. Those. And uh, the footage looks really good too. They posted up a little example <sighs> on a Vericam LTE. Give it to me. I'll take them. Uh, cool. Somebody wants to uh, support us by donating the money for those lenses. Um, yes, please. Yes. Um, and I also have the uh, Asus Dolby Vision HDR monitors. So Dolby has moved from just doing sound to doing oh. kind of like uh, high end uh, displays. High-end uh, technology for uh, displays. So what Dolby says is that they provide incredible brightness, contrast, color, and detail to bring entertainment to life. So these are 32-inch monitors, 4K backlit LED. Huh. They have uniform that you just – it's a vivid, more vivid uh, image from the monitor. Um, they are uh, Th- Thunderbolt 3. Oh, man. Yeah. I like that little foldy, that little foldy, flap, right? Foldy, flappy one. The PQ twenty two UC. It looks like a, a tablet, but it's just a little monitor. You could like probably just throw that in your backpack and, yeah. and be on your way with a dual monitor setup. Now here's the problem I have, and and you know, granted, you know, as you're getting into more and more color correcting, like color correcting on this monitor, and it's not going to be displayed in Dolby Vision. It's kind of like oof. Yeah, you're going to be a little off, but for, in general, man, man alive. These things look sweet. And they include mini LED, not regular LEDs. Well, so more says, LEDs packed tighter, they are about half the size of a re- chip size of a regular LED. Yeah. That's crazy. So you're going to get such good quality um, 
like images from this thing. So it says that uh, from what I'm seeing here, yeah, it has Adobe RGB wide color gamut and true 10 bit color, which to me would suggest that you don't necessarily need to use any like proprietary Dolby Vision stuff. If you're like going to grade, it's true. Yeah, you could it's just. True. Hit your Adobe RGB. You could like calibrate it with a calibrate it for for color for color correcting. Yeah, and, and grading, then, uh, and then get it kick it back. Yeah, that's true. That's a good, that's a good point. Um, so the rumor is is that the uh, the thirty two inch monitor was going to go for about three thousand dollars. Whoa! <laughs> Never yeah. mind. Get uh, out of here. No. I don't even want it. I know. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> but I mean, pricey. But I mean, if you got if you're doing a lot of color correcting. Um, this might be a great monitor to go to. That's crazy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, things are getting pricey. You know, it's, it seems to be that our what's cools get more and more expensive every episode because the cool stuff just gets better and better and better. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. That sucks. I know, doesn't it? I bet the other one's going to be at least 2000 Yeah, you'd think so because, I mean, let me see. It is – that one is – 21 inches. So I'd say maybe maybe 1500 Maybe. Maybe because it doesn't have everything else in it, but 1500 but still. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we were rich. Too yeah, much I'm cool stuff. I'm going to just go for like the BenQ ones. You know, those are like 700 bucks. That's true. That's true. And what but about they're the, not 4K. Oh, yeah, they are. They yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah, they do have 4K. What about the, uh, the um, what are they? Are they the Dell DreamVision? Oh, yeah. Or, uh, yeah. There's Dream Color. Dream Color, there it is. But there's also HP. I don't remember which one's Dream Color and which one's something else. Um, Dream think- HP is Dream Color, um, and then Dell is Ultra Sharp. Yeah. Color Color Laser Printer, get the hell out of here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> color Monitor is going to be like we now offer Ultra Sharps with Ultra Premier Sharps, Color. Yeah. Ultra Sharps with Premier Color. So yeah. there's options. Yeah. Yep. 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 All right. Let's see. The last one I have is um, my Road Reel 2019. Now, you guys should definitely check this out. We always find out about these, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> weeks before they're due, like chumps. Weeks. Yep. So now we're finally saying, look, it's happening. You don't have to submit until August. Yes. No excuses now, except for us because we're end, super busy. End of August. Yeah. So there's plenty of time. Uh, go check it out, road.com slash myroadreel, and you can get all your like info on how to submit. You just need to make a three-minute video. This is, uh, this is awesome in two, for two, two reasons, guys. One, it gives you an excuse to go out and shoot something. You should always yes. be shooting something. We tend to not follow our own advice sometimes. We haven't shot stuff in a while. Yeah, but, but these types of competitions are often what like get us off our butts yeah, to, go, uh, to go make stuff because... You know, it gives us a, sort of like an actual hard deadline. Yeah, and so if anything that happens, you still have something that you created. And on the other end, you could win some road stuff. You could win some gear to help kit yourself yeah. out and make a better project the next time. Not just road stuff. They have a buttload of uh, partners that have come in and are giving away stuff. So I mean, it, you'd be dumb not to do it because it's free to enter. Um, and, and, man, let's talk about it. Um, let's see what we got here. I'll look at Ryan Connolly being a judge. Yeah. Ryan um, Connolly's a judge. A judge. Let's see. Look at all these partners. Look at all these crazy all right, partners. The major prize. Road NTG3, Road NTG4, Road NTG5, uh, NT55, Blimp, Lavs, News Kit, Shooter Kit, uh, Filmmaker Kit, 
all these mics. Blackmagic Design Ursa Mini Pro G2. Man, we should enter this. Holy crap. Yeah. A, a Zhiyun yeah. Smooth 4, Crane 3 Lab, Lab, Crane 2, Crane Plus. So many things. Oh, my God. Uh, a Move Cam called Chew Block. Yeah. MZ Full Core Subscription, Music Bed One Year Business Subscription, Sound Effects, Rhino, which makes sliders, Ultimate Bundle. Did you hear about uh, the, Whipster? Did you mention the Movie Pro Handheld Bundle? No. That's $6,500 right there. Free Fly. Yeah. Uh, Red Giant Shooter, Magic Bullet Suite. The movie, uh, sorry. Film Convert, Cam Caddy. Sigma Cine Lens, 20 millimeter. GoPro, Hero 7 Black. I mean, this is ridiculous. Cube. Uh, man, all sorts of stuff. Adobe 12 month CC subscription. Uh, I mean, a Razer. Joby. Yeah, you're talking about a Razer MC uh, 200. Yes, yeah, multicolor LED lights. LED lights. I mean, this is crazy, guys. You should absolutely do this. Yeah, that's that's the judges' film. Yeah, that I mean, yeah. But like, like, there's so many different. There's like best female filmmaker, best young filmmaker, people's choice, best BTS. And then there's like genre prizes, right? So best action, best horror, best sci-fi, comedy, music video. Then there's technical prizes, best acting, cinematography, location, art directions, uh, sound design, blah, blah, blah. Then there's regional prizes. If you're in a different country, they have prizes for you. Check them out. Pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, we're I not mean, sponsored, but I feel like we're, we're talking about this as if we have some sort of part in this. We do not. No, we do not. We're going to enter it. It's so just, step just, back. Yeah. Um, cool. But I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I think maybe, why don't we just do, uh, why don't we just do, uh, you know, we should, a, we should do it and do it a, a, a short of our feature or uh, brain scan. Yeah. Yep. Um, do, are we between the ages of 13 and 18? We can be. Yeah, that's a, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I am. I, I my wife tells me all the time I am. Yeah. Um, and then I sleep on the couch like a thirteen year old. So I guess that uh, yeah. Yeah. We're young filmmakers. All right. All right. I think that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for joining us. You can get the show notes for this episode by visiting nobudgetfilmmaking.com slash episode 49. And don't forget to hop on over to iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. While you are there, please, please, please give us a five-star rating if you feel so inclined. And if you have any filmmaking questions, ask away in the comments section and we'll try to answer them. Also, don't forget to head on over to fearlessfilmmakers.com to join our growing community of filmmakers. Thanks so much, guys, and we'll talk to you next time. Later. Peace. Peace.